Today is the 28th day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today, uh, coming to you from the holy city of Jerusalem, where uh, we, well, we spent the entire day kind of in and around the old city and, and all of the uh, different things to see here in Jerusalem. Today, we'll be escaping and going down to the Shephelah, which is the lowlands for the day uh, so that's exciting it's uh, it's it's beautiful to uh, see the green lush open land again after uh, kind of being more in a metropolitan kind of large congested area so that'll give us a breather and get us uh, ready for our final day of this pilgrimage tomorrow so uh, let's let's get into the scriptures. Let's see what the Bible has to say to us today. We're reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. Today, Leviticus chapter 22, verse 17 through 23, verse 44. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron, his sons, and all the Israelites, and tell them, Any man of the house of Israel or of the resident aliens in Israel who presents his offering, whether they present payment of vows or freewill gifts to the Lord as burnt offerings, must offer an unblemished male from the cattle, sheep, or goats in order for you to be accepted. You are not to present anything that has a defect because it will not be accepted on your behalf. When a man presents a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord to fulfill a vow or as a freewill offering from the herd or flock, it has to be unblemished to be acceptable. There must be no defect in it. You are not to present any animal to the Lord that is blind, injured, maimed, or as a running sore, festering rash, or scabs. You may not put any of them on the altar as a fire offering to the Lord. You may sacrifice as a freewill offering any animal from the herd or flock that has an elongated or stunted limb, but it is not acceptable as a vow offering. You are not to present to the Lord anything that has bruised, crushed, torn, or severed testicles. You must not sacrifice them in your land, neither you nor a foreigner are to present food to your God from any of these animals. They will not be accepted for you because they are deformed and have a defect. The Lord spoke to Moses, When an ox, sheep, or goat is born, it is to remain with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be acceptable as an offering, a fire offering to the Lord. But you are not to slaughter an animal from the herd or flock on the same day as its young. When you sacrifice a thank offering to the Lord, sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It is to be eaten on the same day. Do not let any of it remain until morning. I am the Lord. You are to keep my commands and do them. I am the Lord. You must not profane my holy name. I must be treated as holy among the Israelites. I am the Lord who sets you apart. 
the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, These are my appointed times, the times of the Lord that you will proclaim as sacred assemblies. Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day there is to be a Sabbath of complete rest, a sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord wherever you live. These are the Lord's appointed times, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Passover to the Lord comes in the first month at twilight on the fourteenth day of the month. The festival of unleavened bread to the Lord is on the fifteenth day of the same month. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you are to hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord for seven days. On the seventh day there will be a sacred assembly. Do not do any daily work. The Lord spoke to Moses. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you enter the land I am giving you and reap its harvest, you are to bring the first sheaf of your harvest to the priest. He will present the sheaf before the Lord so that you may be accepted. The priest is to present it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you present the sheaf, you are to offer a year-old male lamb without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering is to be four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a fire offering to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering will be one quart of wine. You must not eat bread, roasted grain, or any new grain until this very day and until you have brought the offering to your God. This is to be a permanent statute throughout your generations wherever you live. You are to count seven complete weeks, starting from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the presentation offering. You are to count fifty days until the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. Bring two loaves of bread from your settlements as a presentation offering, each of them made from four quarts of fine flour baked with yeast as first fruits to the Lord. You are to present with the bread seven unblemished male lambs a year old, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You are also to prepare one male goat as a sin offering and two male lambs a year old as a fellowship sacrifice. The priest will present the lambs with the bread of first fruits as a presentation offering before the Lord. The bread and the two lambs will be holy to the Lord for the priest. On that same day you are to make a proclamation and hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. This is to be a permanent statute wherever you live throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap all the way to the edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest 
Leave them for the poor and the resident alien. I am the Lord your God. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a day of complete rest, commemoration, and trumpet blasts, a sacred assembly. You must not do any daily work, but you must present a fire offering to the Lord. The Lord again spoke to Moses. The tenth day of this seventh month is the Day of Atonement. You are to hold a sacred assembly and practice self-denial. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord. On this particular day, you are not to do any work, for it is a Day of Atonement, to make atonement for yourselves before the Lord your God. If any person does not practice self-denial on this particular day, he is to be cut off from his people. I will destroy among his people anyone who does any work on this same day. You are not to do any work. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations wherever you live. It will be a Sabbath of complete rest for you. And you must practice self-denial. You are to observe your Sabbath from the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites the festival of shelters to the Lord begins on the fifteenth day of this seventh month and continues for seven days. There is to be a sacred assembly on the first day. You are not to do any daily work. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord for seven days. On the eighth day, you are to hold a sacred assembly and present a fire offering to the Lord. It is a solemn gathering. You are not to do any daily work. These are the Lord's appointed times that you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies for presenting fire offerings to the Lord burn offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings, each on its designated day. These are in addition to the offerings for the Lord's Sabbaths. Your gifts, all your vow offerings, and all your freewill offerings that you give to the Lord. You are to celebrate the Lord's festival on the 15th day of the seventh month for seven days after you have gathered the produce of the land. There will be complete rest on the first day and complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day, you are to take the product of majestic trees, palm fronds, bows of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You are to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord seven days each year. This is a permanent statute for you throughout your generations. Celebrate it in the seventh month. You are to live in shelters for seven days. All the native born of Israel must live in shelters so that your generations may know that I made the Israelites live in shelters when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared the Lord's appointed times to the Israelites.
Mark 9, 30 through 10, 12. Then they left that place and made their way through Galilee, but he did not want anyone to know it. For he was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after he is killed, he will rise three days later. But they did not understand this statement, and they were afraid to ask him. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent because on the way they had been arguing with one another about who was the greatest. Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. He took a child, had him stand among them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one little child, such as this, in my name, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. And whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to fall away, gouge it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt should lose its flavor, how can you season it? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. He set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Then crowds converged on him again, and as was his custom, he taught them again. Some Pharisees came to test him, asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, He wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. 
Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples questioned him about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Psalm 44, 1-8 Israel's Complaint For the choir director, a mascal of the sons of Korah. God, we have heard with our ears. Our ancestors have told us the work you accomplished in their days, in days long ago, in order to plant them. You displaced the nations by your hand in order to settle them. You brought disaster on the peoples, for they did not take the land by their sword. Their arm did not bring them victory, but by your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, because you were favorable toward them. You are my king, my God who ordains victories for Jacob. Through you we drive back our foes, through your name we trample our enemies, for I do not trust in my bow, and my sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our foes and let those who hate us be disgraced. We boast in God all day long. We will praise your name forever. Selah. Proverbs. 10, 19. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable. But the one who controls his lips is prudent. Okay, so in the Gospel of Mark today, Jesus is moving around the countryside, teaching, doing ministry, doing what he does. And John comes to him with this really, really interesting situation. He's like, we saw somebody trying to cast out demons in your name and we try to put a stop to it because he wasn't, he wasn't one of us. That is sort of the first rumblings of an issue that was, that was certainly going on among the Hebrew people, but then bled its way into the early church and still continues until this very day, even though Jesus spoke very, very clearly from his own lips about how he saw it. So, like, as believers, we usually kind of, we usually find a group, we might call it our, our church community, but we've we sort of find a group of friends, other believers, and we, we stick together. And that's community. And there's nothing wrong with that. If we're defining ourselves as believers in Jesus who are following the way, who are practicing our faith, knowing that we have not mastered anything, that, that we're in process, and that we're walking with God and we're walking together, then we're the body of Christ. It just gets weird 
Once we decide we have to define precisely what that means, and then we, you know, get our theology books and start with our dogmas, because invariably at some point we will think we have it right, and someone else, some other group, some other people who don't see things the way we see them, they have it wrong. So the ultimate question then becomes, who gets to be in the kingdom? Who gets in? And is that something that a human being, no matter how judgmental and no matter how much authority they seem to hold, do they have any say in it at all? After all, it is God's kingdom. But we can get ourselves so segregated into our group that we then can't even fathom the concept that God could use anyone to do anything that thinks differently than we do because they're not really in. So John was seeing somebody that they didn't know that was not a part of their group casting out demons in the name of Jesus and he tried to shut it down because he wasn't part of the group. Same thing was going on with the Pharisees toward Jesus and now it's in Jesus' inner circle. And unfortunately, it's always been with us and is still with us today. But Jesus said, don't stop him. Anyone who is not against us is for us. And then he went on, he had a little child and he used an example. But what he was saying is that anything that's done for anyone who belongs to Christ, even something little as like a glass of water, isn't going to go unrecognized. So in our own lives, may we understand that if and when we encounter God on the move, whether through a group of people or a person or something that we don't understand, let's quit with the labels. Let's understand that we are at a crossroads. And as we've been talking about in all kinds of situations, let's understand that wisdom will be there. And uh, just the humility of knowing none of us have this all sorted out. That's why we're practicing our faith. That's why we're all undergoing the process of sanctification. The process that sets us apart and makes us holy to God. We're all at different points in our journey. Criticizing everybody else's journey does not further ours it actually walls us off and it doesn't take long before we look like the pharisees may we offer grace the same kind of grace we would like to see as we love our neighbor as ourselves and so holy spirit we invite you into that because what freedom it would bring what freedom it would bring. And we confess that the reason these kinds of things usually happen is truly based in fear. We do not want to get it wrong. Not with you. Not with you. The implications are far, far, far too dire. And so we live in fear that we might get it wrong when we will get it wrong. But, but you have offered us an open door 
We can always return. We can always repent. And that is for everyone, not just for our group. So come, Holy Spirit, and give us grace. May we see the kingdom at work in our world today. And may we understand that we are a part of it. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Okay, so we're down to our last couple of days in the land of the Bible for this pilgrimage. And that's always kind of a mixed. It's kind of a mixed feeling of we've been in motion for so long now and it's just our heart. We're just heads, hearts, bodies, everything. We're full and empty and tired and elated and so it's just all of that and so yeah longing to be home uh, but hating to leave all of that just kind of comes yesterday ooh, it was a long day around Jerusalem beautiful day thank God it was a beautiful beautiful day but we uh, we were we were working and we saw a lot and covered a lot of ground. I'm trying to think if I can even remember it all. We got up early, left like a half an hour early to get uh, in the, the line, the queue for to, to be able to go onto the Temple Mount. And it's pretty extraordinary on a you know a clear blue sky day. It the the dome just kind of stands out. It. It's just a, it really is a remarkable place with uh, definitely conflicted history all over the place over all kinds of time. But that's kind of the nature of Jerusalem. That's been the story pretty much all along. So, yeah, you can feel the tension. You can sense, uh, you can sense that because it's ancient. It's always been and so, uh, and there's just a lot of jostling around, but beautiful morning up on the Temple Mount. And uh, then we came down, went to the pools of Bethesda. And this is where Jesus healed a man that had been, uh, had, had been suffering there by the pools on a, basically on a daily basis for 38 years. And Jesus came along and said, do you want to be made whole? And that's a challenging thing. Uh, that's a challenging thing to consider, especially here on the pilgrimage. It's like, it's like so much comes down to that. Do you want to be made whole? Um, not can you or should you? Like, do you want this? And the collaboration that happens with God when we say yes to that. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a, a, a little bit of time kind of pondering that and putting it in our hearts. It's a beautiful church from uh, the Crusader era right there with the acoustics that are really breathtaking as well. And often it's uh, really full, really hard to get in there. But we managed to get the group in there and Jill led us uh, in, in a song and we just could hear the echo of our voices just bouncing all around. It's really majestic. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do. It's just really, really uh, 
unique experience. It's like you're in a huge cathedral, and you are, but just being in Israel, in this ancient church, and singing to the Lord and just hearing the echo of it is uh, is wonderful. So we did that. And then many, many of us uh, walked on the old walls. We can kind of walk a portion of the old walls. Beautiful views. And uh, you got to climb some stairs, but beautiful views. And then uh, coming down and also just little small sections of the city that from the Roman era, uh, as well as like the wall, a portion of the wall of Jerusalem from the time of King Hezekiah. And that is also pretty remarkable. See how wide the wall is, even though it's like all buried on, you know, you can't see how high and it's a small section, but just kind of see like, this is the, this is what a wall uh, at this time, a fortified city at this time would have looked like. And they're thick. I'm thinking, I don't know. We're like above it. I'm thinking 30 feet, maybe 35. I don't know. I'm not so good with that. And I didn't have a tape measure, but really, really thick. So, you know, it's, it's easy enough to imagine the kind of battle, the like the kind of ongoing onslaught that it would take to breach a wall like that. And we read of those kinds of stories in the scriptures Especially uh, the, the, ta- the tactic of surrounding, this, like starving the city, basically, uh, and weakening everyone's morale. And there's plenty of stories that we will encounter in the Bible about that, including Hezekiah's story when we get to it. Uh, then there was some lunch in the Jewish quarter, and then to the Ju- Jerusalem Archaeological Park, which is again, uh, it's. I mean, there's a lot to see. But it is really spect- spectacular. You're down below the walls of the old city. So like the southern temple steps are there. Um, part of the steps that well, would have continued up to the temple when it was there. And some of them have been recreated, but some of the original steps are there. And so that's one of the places that you can be where, where you're, you have just a pretty near certainty that Jesus would have walked there, that, that J- Jesus would have taught things on those steps and uh, would have been there. And so for us to be there and not only have that touch point with Jesus, but also uh, to open up the book of Acts and read the story of the Holy Spirit's coming and Peter's first message and 3,000 people uh, following the way of Jesus after that and being baptized and considering where where that might have taken place and understanding that the temple complex is really the only place that would have that kind of resource to do that many baptisms. So that's the likely scenario. And just having that touch point is great. Like all of these things are great by themselves and they start stacking them up and it's really great. And then just kind of following all of the archaeology around the old walls and then making our way over to the Western Wall and being able to go to the wall and join with brothers and sisters uh, all over the world and and pray, touch the wall. And I took Ezekiel to the wall this time and we prayed. And uh, that was, 
that, that was really sweet to watch his little hand reach out and touch the wall. And probably should have took pictures of that. Probably would have wanted to remember that, but it would just seem like a moment that needed to live in memory. I don't know. Sometimes you have these moments where you're like, I really, really should video this or I really should take a picture of this, but maybe that's, you know, maybe, maybe that ruins the whole thing. Maybe this is just a moment that we have. So that, that, that happened and it was beautiful. Then, um, we went into the, what's called the rabbinical tunnels. So a lot of archeology span has been done under the ground along the walls of the old city because the Temple Mount itself, the second temple era, this is during Herod's uh, development phase. And he was crazy. I mean, you read about he's he was crazy, but he was a fantastic developer. And so much of his fingerprint on this land still stands today, uh, including including the, you know, the Temple Mount, the, the whole support system to hold up the Temple Mount, like all these massive retaining walls. Uh, but they sort of disappear. You have this like one little section of that with, you know, with the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall, as it has been known. But it continues. It's just, uh, you know, the city's built up. But archaeologists have for years been working beneath the ground. And so you can kind of go down there and see all that. Walk, basically walk the whole length of the Temple Mount uh, under under the ground and see that, yeah, this, these are the same. This is the same Herodian era all the way down. See some of the Roman era. There's uh, opportunities where they have like glass. You can look down all the way to the Second Temple period, the time of Jesus see the street down below so that's pretty pretty fantastic as well and uh, then we finally finally got back to our hotel pretty exhausted we did a lot of walking but it was a beautiful day and we made it we made it we saw a lot in Jerusalem today and we got sort of the the full force of the city like the change of complexion that Jerusalem brings. So the wilderness, very different. The Galilee, very different than the wilderness. The Mediterranean coast, very different than the Galilee. Jerusalem, very different uh, than the coast. So uh, we've kind of experienced all of that and it's been wonderful. And today uh, we'll be heading into the lowlands and I'll tell you about that tomorrow. Thank you for your continued prayers and uh, over all of this. And as we prepare, even though we got a couple days left, as we prepare to re-enter uh, our world, as we go home and prepare for that, thank you for your prayers over all of that. Uh, if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link on the homepage. And I thank you profoundly for your partnership. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer the mailing address, is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 
1-800-273-7174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app, the little red button at the top, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is Lara from Castle Rock, and I just joined um, with the DAB this January. I just happened to find it, and so I've been listening every day and enjoying um, the Word and the the prayers. And um, today I just heard Harold Cullen, and I just burst into tears because he prayed the prayer of salvation and I'm so happy for him and um, I just have been following his story and ever since I heard about him you know praying for him and just thinking about all the other people that um, maybe don't feel like they have a place and um, I'm just so grateful I found this community and I because of some of my own life circumstances have been kind of isolated from the church and just been through a lot of hurt and trying to work through that but um, this format just is um, so nice and feels safe and I'm just um, I'm praying today too for um, Diana's boys and just joining in with the prayers of the of people that that they would feel comforted and that they would feel surrounded by love um, as they walk through the grief of losing their mom so I just wanted to say hi, introduce myself, and, and join in with the prayers of the community. Thanks. Bye. So uh, this is my first time calling in. My name is Imari Davis. Um, Y'all can call me SOG1031. I'm from Houston, Texas. This is, uh, this is, this is my first time calling in because I was using the, the wrong app. I was using the old app, and I was always wondering, like, I don't see no red button up at the top. <laughs> I don't, I'm not understanding how I'm supposed to call in and pray. But um, finally updated to the new app, praise God, and um, and I'm loving it. I really am loving it. Um, I've been plugged into the Daily Audio Bible this um, for this year, like every day. Um, but I started. A couple years ago, my mom actually showed me the app, and um, I listen to it every once in a while, you know. But um, it's just, just this year alone, uh, me listening to it every day has really um, impacted my life and everything. And um, today I was listening, um, and I just, uh, just want to pray. I, I just, I just, I want to ask for prayer. Um... Can you guys pray that um, that that the heart that my heart is a good heart? You know that that it receives the word like it should, and I, and it just that God makes my heart a clean heart, and uh, that the that the word just takes deep deep root, <laughs> deep root, deep deep root. Um, and that's all that's all I ask um, of you guys. Uh, I also um, want to send prayers out to Diana Davis's um, sons. Um, 
y'all will be in my prayers and and um and everything so god bless hey this is cindy the silver lining miner from seattle i really have it on my heart to call and chat with you daniel johnson jr um I think probably two years ago, maybe three, you sent or you sang a little donut song. And I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was so adorable and it really lifted my spirits. And I just, I wanted to take this opportunity to lift your spirits. And I know you've got issues with congestive heart failure and you've been laid off, but I just want you to rest in, I don't know how old you are, but. Rest assured, great capital is a thing. Uh, people will value your wisdom and your experience, and please don't let your age deter you. Anybody who's older and looking for work, man, I work with some people who are older than me, which is surprising, but it's also encouraging because uh, everybody's got something to offer, and please don't let um, those lies deter you from finding a job. I'll be praying for you. Also wanted to pray for trusting father in South Carolina. Um, I'm just praying for your daughters and your son. I'm happy that you have spiritual replenishment and I'm praying that you can be a beacon of light for your family. Um, Kimberly, who was abused by uh, churchmen, I'm so glad you're feeling a part of this community and enjoying this fellowship and I'm praying for you as well. Um, there was a woman who called in tonight who, well, I listened tonight to the episode and she just joined the church and she gave her life to Christ. Hang in there and uh, listen to God. Listen for God in the quiet times. His love is all around you. And we will be praying for you and we welcome you to this community and we support and love you. And God loves you a hundred times more. So rest in that. Thank you. Hi, this is Norma. Um, from the Bronx, um, I just needed to call and thank Brian for uh, today is um, February 19th. Um, today's um, devotional, um, something really penetrated me, my spirit so much. Brian said something. Um, he said that we uh, try so hard to get out of the wilderness instead of um, trying to see what it is that God is, is trying to teach us or trying to show us. And it totally made me refocus um, the pain that I have been enduring to the lesson that God has is trying to teach me. And I just want to be so thank I'm thankful so much to Brian. Um, it, it has given me a new sense of hope to focus on the lesson. And he also said something that it shapes you. And that is so true. The wilderness, it shapes you and prepares you for what God has called you to do. And it's so powerful. God bless you. Hey, Dad family. This is Kingdom Seeker Daniel from Chicago, and um, I am I'm overwhelmed right now with um, tears of joy. I I just left a facility that I service for the mentally disabled 
And there's a young lady in there that I uh, had a chance to connect with just in passing. She's one of the residents. And it's been several months since we've connected. But as I just left the facility, she called my name out. She called my name out. She remembered my name from a very, very brief exchange that we had. And it just blessed my soul. And so I just wanted to encourage someone with, with the reality that God knows your name. God knows your name, beloved. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, he knows your name. Michael, Elijah, Sharice, he knows your name. Don't ever think that God doesn't love you. I bless you guys. Hey, Dab family, it is Shanda, the sister from South Dakota. I am calling today because I, well, my son is in need of prayer. He is 18 and um, we've had to kick him out of the house because after he got off probation, we found, I found um, marijuana in the house and an apparatus to smoke it with. And we have young children and we had an expectation and he broke that expectation. Now he's living with one of my family members that is most likely a practicing meth addict. And I know how much my son longs for acceptance and confidence and all the things that drug fa drugs falsely present themselves as confidence and beautiful and wonderful and <sighs> I'm just I'm praying against the enemy making advances on my family anymore through drugs I'm praying for the cycle of addiction to be broken I started um, by getting clean and I am almost two years clean um, and I just am praying for this generational curse to stop and, and for my family members to see the light of God. And God has told me to trust and not to worry. And it's been kind of hard lately, but I'm going to try. And I'm just asking for you guys to rally behind me with your powerful prayers. And I will keep praying for all of you guys. I love you guys. Um, Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Good morning. This is Laura from Georgia. Um, I'm a new to DAB. I've been um, here officially January 5th, and it's been a blessing to me. Um, and I haven't really called in for prayer for myself. I've called and prayed for other people and um, have given praise reports. But um, I need prayer. I am. I feel like I'm in the wilderness here. Um, I'm from Oklahoma, but moved here. Um, two years ago, two and a half years ago, because of marriage. And um, the gentleman, after four months of marriage, emailed me and told me he wanted a divorce. So I felt lost and alone. But God had me here for a reason, because the only person that I could draw my strength, on, strength from was him. And I saw him do so much wonderful things for me. Um, but the bottom line is, is that I 
haven't established any true friends because um, I am a member of a church, a beautiful church, but I only get to go on Sundays because of my work schedule. I can't go to Bible study. I can't get in connect groups or whatever. And my prayer is that God would bless me with um, female companion that loves the Lord and that we can um, and experience Georgia together. Um, I am dating, but I miss that friendship, that female companionship, and um, I need that. And there are days when I feel really, really low. And um, in fact, when I joined or uh, came across Bab, um, I was at a very, very low point, very depressed and feeling very, very alone. So I thank you for my dad family. Keep me in prayer, please. And um, reach out to me.